welcome back everybody to the New York Gamer channel. This is episode six. That's right, six episodes in. And now, this week, it is what my pleasure and really excitement to focus on yet another retro topic. And the topic for this episode is going to be none other than the fantastic, amazing title and franchise, Bioshock. But in this episode, I'm really just going to focus in on Bioshock 1, the original, and the effect it had on the industry, the effect it had on me as a gamer, and why I love this title so much. And much like the previous episodes where I spoke about Alien Isolation and before that Grand Theft Auto Vice City, this is a game that changed my trajectory in gaming of what I expected from developers after playing this. This was a game that raised the stakes for all of the developers. And I've said that with Grand Theft Auto Vice City, and it's very much true. There are so many titles that have come out over the course of my lifespan in gaming that have raised the bar for the industry. And Bioshock is one of those titles. Bioshock launched in August of 2007, coming as an exclusive to the Xbox 360 which later turned out to be a timed exclusive. When that title launched in 2007, the Xbox 360 was already rocking. It had a host of great first-party titles and third-party titles, and Bioshock really came onto the market like a hurricane. This was a new, different type of title. The market was flooded at that time with first-person shooters. But when Bioshock came out, this was a first-person adventure. And I will argue with the best of the industry to argue how this was not a first-person shooter. This was a first-person adventure storytelling narrative that was unlike anything I've played before in a first-person role. Developed by Irrational Games and published by 2K Games and later launching on the PS3, the PS4, the Switch, iOS, PC, Xbox One, Bioshock eventually landed everywhere. And that's a testament to how well it did. Early press releases of the game, the reviews started coming in, and it was literally a skyrocket of 9s and 10s. They were just shooting up. The Metacritic score still today stands at around a 96 out of 100. The game received nearly perfect scores from many and perfect scores from a lot more. The title was inspired by, according to developers, the Resident Evil franchise. And that was wonderful to see and hear about when these press releases were coming. Uh, many of the designers were interviewed and gave statements to the effect of Resident Evil had a heavy influence or an inspiration for Bioshock setting, inventory management, combat system, and how the plot is weaved into the inventory and combat system and the environment, the way Capcom excelled in that. So the designers wanted to do the same thing with Bioshock. They used the Unreal Engine 2.5 with some elements of the new unreleased Unreal Engine 3. So this game not only was going to break a lot of ground in terms of gameplay, being new, but the actual visual fidelity of it and the effects of it were going to be new 
because this was going to be one of the first games to use elements of Unreal Engine 3 and also a modified Unreal Engine 2.5. The graphical effects of the water and environment were lauded at the time as groundbreaking and a spectacle to see. And combining this with the Havoc physics engine, which made realistic movements for the characters and objects and created such a surreal experience. You couple that with the licensed music this game had, from famous 1930s, 1940s, and 1950s tracks, and which later spawned a Bioshock soundtrack. So yes, this is yet another game that the soundtrack was so well received, they wound up creating and publishing a Bioshock soundtrack, which was available to purchase after the release of the title. The game itself received numerous awards for best art direction, best sound design, best story development, best game, game of the year, and so many other accolades. And within three years of the game launching, it went on to sell four million plus copies. It's also one of the few games to be recognized by the Smithsonian Institution for art in video games. And if that wasn't enough, Bioshock eventually spawned graphic novels and a rumored film which as of today still not has been developed, but there are strong rumors that the director of Deadpool is seriously interested in creating a Bioshock movie. But why am I saying all this? I'm saying all this just to kind of lay the groundwork of why I'm going to talk about this title. You don't have to hear about how many websites and outlets gave this game of the year and how this went on to spawn multiple sequels and DLCs because it became such a beloved franchise that broke the ground in storytelling and art direction and sound design for the gaming industry. And how one of the famous writers and then eventually directors, Ken Levine, went on to create one of the most perplexing and interesting endings in a video game in a later sequel of Bioshock. All that is to say Bioshock in 2007 was earth shattering for me as a gamer. This is only about two years into my next gen gaming experience and my HD gaming experience. Because for me, HD gaming started in 2005 with the launch of the 360. Two years later, a 720p game like this playing on a High definition CRT that could go up to 1080i or 720p was astonishing to see. This game was gorgeous. You start off the game as this protagonist, Jack. He's in an airline passenger plane. And then something happens. The plane is brought down. You crash into the sea, but you survive the plane wreck. And that's when you locate this lighthouse. And once you find this lighthouse, you eventually start to meander down this winding, large, grand staircase. Almost reminds me of a staircase you would see in the Titanic. And the staircase takes you down, eventually, to a bathysphere, which is this ball-like device, almost like a submarine that could submerge. Once you get in there, you are treated to the opening cinematic view of Rapture the city of Rapture, the foundation for Bioshock, the entire environment for Bioshock, the biggest character in the title, 
is rapture. And I've said this before in previous episodes. For me, as a gamer, environment is everything. Environment is king. And when environment is done right, it becomes a central character to the story, plus all the other characters in the story. So when you create environments like Silent Hill, like Raccoon City, like Rapture, like Sevastopol Station in Alien Isolation, the Ishimura in Dead Space, when you create environments that live and breathe and ooze and just reek of a designer, an art designer's love and passion, you truly reap the rewards of that benefit in the gameplay. Just in the first few minutes of the title, as you're descending into the city of Rapture, you as a gamer start to see, oh my god, this is an entire underwater city. A city submerged under the sea that's living and thriving and breathing. So you think. And you're seeing a cinematic filming of it as the protagonist, Jack, in the first person view. There's orchestra music playing in the background. There's a squid coming across the screen. You're seeing lights of a city. Looks like Manhattan in the 40s, except it's underwater. And then eventually you descend. And it gets from the beauty of this underwater city, the majesty of it, to the dark, gritty horror elements that you later learn about as you experience the title and start playing. And you get to the violent aspects of it, the gore of it. And you see that the city of Rapture, there's something more going on here. There's something frighteningly wrong going on here. A Jurassic Park gone awry, except in Rapture. Things have gone into chaos and descended. The city has succumbed to an illness, a plague of some sorts. And again, I won't spoil too much because, believe it or not, some may still have not played this title. And while I consider that a cardinal sin, if you're a gamer, it happens. A lot of titles come out. And back then, we definitely had a flood of AAA titles that were coming out much more frequently than the droughts we're more accustomed to in mm -hmm. present time. Bioshock was magical. It was everything I never thought I wanted in a game, and it delivered. One of the first things that first stood out for me after the initial first few minutes of descending into Rapture was a simple scene that just demonstrated the physics of the in-game engine, but also the visual proudness of it. And that was a simple scene of walking down a hallway, glass surrounding you, and all of a sudden, a piece of the plane wreckage that you just came from was sinking down and it made it down into Rapture. And it was now coming, crashing into this tunnel that you were walking through, this glass tunnel that's underwater. As the wreckage hits that tunnel, it starts to crack and fracture the walls of this glass tube. And bits of water start shooting through. In 2007, when I saw this water shooting through, and you see it start to pool, you start to see the powerful Havoc's physics engine and the Unreal Engine working. And the water was the most realistic water I've ever seen in a title. Ever. 
And I could say that even up till today. I'm not talking about ocean scenes. I'm talking about actual water when you walk up to it. I'm sure there's photorealistic titles, such as a PT demo, or titles that really, really are graphical powerhouses that may compare now in 2021. But in 2007, 2008, 2009, 2010, and for many years after, I never witnessed and saw that kind of level of detail in gaming. So to go from the pre-HD era to now two years into this next-gen cycle of 360 and PS3, this was groundbreaking. As I continued, I realized this title was going to be different from everything I've played previously. Bioshock had the City of Rapture to its benefit. This city was oozing with detail and such a breath of fresh air. It wasn't some war-torn battlefield or broken-down bomb city. It wasn't a zombie-filled street. It wasn't a bunch of green tunnels and pipes that I'm jumping on. This was a much different environment than gamers were accustomed to. This was an underground aqua city that was filled with environmental detail, coupled with fascinating characters in-game, such as the Big Daddies. And it's funny when you say that term, but if you've played Bioshock, the Big Daddies are these frightening, hulking, big machine suits. And these suits are basically reminiscent of old, early 20th century underwater suits that divers and Navy men would use just completely injected with steroids of a Gears of War magnitude. So these suits were magnified and bigger and bulky and hulking. And one arm was usually a big fist and the other arm was a huge spiking drill. So these characters became mini bosses, real baddies, tough to fight, bruisers, but they just added to the uniqueness of the game. You had humans you were combating against that were disfigured, dealing with this plague. Then you had big daddies. And then you just had the environmental destruction that was going on in Rapture as the city was literally breaking down and sinking, in a sense. Water was coming in. Hallways are blocked off. Kind of the, the carnage and wreckage that you would see in other titles that were kind of dystopian. Bioshock had it. But another thing that made Bioshock wonderful was the variation of environments. It wasn't one tunnel. It wasn't one hallway. All the areas you will encounter in Bioshock 1 were all truly unique. They were all so different. They really presented a much more diverse environment than you would think for an underwater setting. It, it really gave the player a chance to see, maybe this could be possible. We could have an underwater city. You have a garden area, a park area. You have an amusement park area. You have an entire hospital. You have a theater for the arts. There's so many different areas, malls and shopping centers. So the set design was really stunning. And you see how later they expanded on that. As the franchise grew, 
with the city of Columbia in Bioshock 3, which was a sky city, a city up in the clouds. So these developers, these designers, these writers were truly, truly creative and tapping into something new and original for gaming design and plot design. Bioshock, for me, will always stand the test of time as a title that there was a before and after for the industry. And that's not a throwaway phrase for me. I say that for very few games. I say that for the Grand Theft Auto franchise. I say that for the Resident Evil franchise. I say that for the Silent Hill franchise. And I absolutely say that for the Bioshock franchise. There was a before and after, a time before the Bioshock franchise and a time after. And its imprint has now been left. Just like Bioshock creators stated, Resident Evil franchise was an inspiration for them. You could see elements of Bioshock as inspirations for titles that we play now. Whether it's combat system, whether it's first-person adventures, or it's unique environmental settings. Bioshock has left its imprint on the industry. There's no doubt about it. And playing this game in 2007 for me, and all my subsequent replays after, only made me appreciate this title more as a true pinnacle of artwork. When you see this footage and you're looking and you're seeing the variation in combat, set design, and yes, I say set design as if it's a movie, because to me, when a game reaches this height of art design, it becomes set design. It becomes so lifelike and it becomes, it becomes much more realistic to me than some 2D side-scrolling title because this was a labor of love for the developers and creators. That much is clear. You could play many titles, many, many titles, and they don't have to be shovelware necessarily, but they're just above that shovelware status. And you're not gonna remember much about them a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, or sometimes maybe five or six months from when you played it. There's only a handful of maybe 50 or under titles for my entire gaming history of 30 plus years that I will always remember the game. I will remember their environment, their audio, their characters, the way the title made me feel when I first experienced it, that sense of nostalgia when I play it over 15 years later, and I still get that rush of 2007 vibes, like, oh my God, I can't believe we got this in 2007. And Bioshock will always be one of them. I really hope you enjoy the footage here. This was all captured by me. I hope that maybe you could share some memories you had of when you first played this title. Or maybe Bioshock 1 wasn't your entry to the series. Maybe Bioshock Infinite, which was part 3, was your, en your entry to the series. Maybe Bioshock 2. Maybe none of them. But the, these are titles. This is a franchise that's beloved for a reason. It's beloved because its indelible mark it left on the gaming industry raised the bar of the art form, which is gaming. This raised the bar in every category, whether it's visuals, audio, plot. It just raised the bar in so many aspects that it's worthy of an episode dedicated to it. And this episode is dedicated to Bioshock, the original. 
I hope all of you get a chance to play it. I hope all of you decide to maybe want to have a discussion about it or renewed interest. The remastered collection is now out for a few years. It was last released on the Nintendo Switch last year to get all three Bioshocks. And previous to that, a few years before, it was released on the PS4 and Xbox One. Really, if you appreciate gaming and game design, you owe it to yourself to play this, or in most cases, you owe it to yourself to replay this. This is R17 here, signing out. As always, please subscribe, comment, and like this video. And until next time, peace, everybody.